Hey everyone, welcome back to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. On today's show, we're welcoming WGA negotiating committee members, David A. Goodman and Michelle Mulrooney to discuss the writer's strike. Michelle is the vice president of the Guild, writes for TV and film, and is on the negotiating committee. As a writer, she wrote Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, and Power Rangers. She was recently announced as the co-writer on Disney's upcoming Big Thunder Mountain. David A. Goodman, a former WGA president and co-chair of the current negotiating committee, has worked on TV shows like The Golden Girls, Futurama, and Family Guy, and on the feature side, most recently wrote Paramount Plus's award-winning film, Honor Society. As negotiating committee members, Michelle and David have been on the front lines of this historic strike and are here to help us understand exactly what the writers are fighting for, why the stakes are higher than ever, what you can do wherever you are to help support the cause. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So glad that you could. I'm sure you're busy. So we're glad that you could make the time (laughs) to come here. you know, to help us understand kind of what the writers are fighting for, as Lorian mentioned, you know, and why these stakes are so high. Um, so could we just start and we'll let you lead this? You know, what are the basic negotiating categories uh, where and where we stand? What what are the big things to help our audience understand? I mean, I think the headline that we hope our, our audience can understand is there has been a really comprehensive assault on compensation and working conditions across the board in all work areas of the writer business. For years and years now, things have finally reached a point where we absolutely need to address this, this comprehensive group of issues. And so what's on the table and what was remains on the table at the point that we unfortunately had to break off negotiations and were forced out on strike was a comprehensive package of proposals that were aimed at addressing compensation and working condition issues in features, in episodic television, in comedy variety. And and what we what we've realized is that in the cha- because of the changes in the business uh, as as the companies that we work for have moved into this streaming model of reliance on streaming services as platforms for the work that we create, there's been an enormous downward pressure on writer income. Writer income has, has dropped uh, over 25, almost 25% in the last 10 years, while the profits of the companies have gone up uh, uh, 50%. And uh, so our the companies we work for are making billions of dollars, spending billions, billions, making billions, and writers are making less to a point where writers themselves uh, are having trouble making a living. That There are many writers who work in television on writing staffs who have to take a second job. Uh, there are uh, feature writers who uh, are unable to sustain a career in writing writing movies anymore. Now, these are very familiar things to people working in, in uh, all sorts of sectors in America. Uh, what And so our, our point is, if, if the companies we work for are making so much profit, uh, the, the, the income of the, of the CEOs top is, is in the billions, um, writers should be able to make a living wage. That, that is, that is our, uh, 
our proposal. It's like we're, it's all we're saying is we need to be able to sustain our careers as writers. I think it's really important to frame this whole thing by understanding that if we got every single thing that we are asking for currently, and you never do in any negotiation, it would cost them less than 2% of the profits they make just from our work, not from delivering packages and other stuff, just from our product. So the ask we're making um, are reasonable, they are fair, and they are absolutely affordable by these mega media corporations. Why do you think they don't want to do it other than simply making money, more money? Is there, is it that they are trying to create a new gig economy with writers that we, like, is there a bigger reason, do you think, than uh, just we want all the money? <laughs> like, I just, just to be. I mean, look, you know, we, we've seen that they have become um, more and more beholden to, to Wall Street and to their shareholders. And it's not just enough to make profits anymore. They have to see tremendous profit growth. And the only way you see that is by keeping your cost down. So to them, we're a line item. We're a cost that they want to try and squeeze down and down and down and down to just keep those profit increases high. That's what we've become to them, sort of, you know, a number on their spreadsheet. So I think that's mega, I think that's, you know, fundamental to their motivation in suppressing writer pay. And this is true of all all people working across our industry for, you know, actors, directors, crew, or everybody. We're, we're seeing this across the board. So, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why we have such incredible interunion solidarity for this struggle that we're currently in because all the other unions absolutely relate to the struggle and are feeling those same squeezes. Yeah, that's the the unfortunate thing about business today is it's a quarter to quarter mentality with these big companies that they have to not just show profit. As Michelle said, they don't just have to show profit. They have to show profit growth. And so when there's some kind of hiccup in their business, that the, the way they get that profit growth is on the back of labor and making cuts in labor and, and limits into what labor they'll pay labor. And it, it's very short-sighted. Um, the, 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 companies, uh, the, the companies we've worked for have made uh, enormous profits over, over, over the, the decades uh, based on uh, not just writers, but actors and directors being able to maintain careers, being able to get better at their crafts, bringing them um, uh, fully formed uh, uh, product that uh, is successful and makes makes um, them a lot of money. And uh, this this short term focus on quarter to quarter growth uh, puts in danger that this um, th these career longevity that that the studios have profited by. And and so there's mm -hmm. a way in which I, I it sounds grandiose, but but this fight is saving them from themselves. We are we are what we're fighting for will help them in the long run. Uh, but they're yep. so focused on that quarter to quarter profit growth, they can't see the forest through the trees. And part That's of that- That's exactly of right. And part of that, of course, is oh, having a system in which you are training the next generation to come up and exactly. do the job. And that's what I find so stunning with the shrinking of the rooms and the um, the, the not wanting to pay for writers to be there. Um, I'm not sure what they think is gonna, it's somebody's going to have to do this. Someone's going to have to know yeah. someone's going to have to have the experience who trained right. them, who mentored them. They yeah. have to be on set. I know as somebody who was mentored up a system, you know, that I can do as a writer, what I can do because of all the incredible mentorship and experience I got coming up 
that ladder. That's exactly right. I mean, they take for granted what David just said, that they're going to always have this highly skilled, highly trained, fully available at the drop of a hat on their schedule, not on ours, always available to them and, and to be brilliant whenever they need us. Um, the thing you referenced, Meg, where, uh, you know, writers are not um, being kept on through production in television or are missing out on that vital mentorship and training. You guys have also seen it on the feature side where for years, one step deals and free work have dominated the features culture. You, you can't learn how to be a writer when you're constantly on one step deals and features. You can't learn how to get studio notes. You can't learn how to improve draft after draft and deliver a shooting draft when you're stuck on one step deals and abused with free work. So, I mean, both on the TV and the feature side, uh, you know, you're seeing, in fact, you're seeing a lot of the, the, the problems that have been around in features for years and years now migrating into television. And the result is exactly what you just put your finger on, which is, you know, you're going to find in the long run that you, you know, writers aren't as uh, as prepared and as honed as they used to be. And, and as, as Goodman said, we are trying to save them from ourselves. This is not themselves, <laughs> sorry, ourselves and us too. We're trying to save them from themselves. I mean, we, you know, they have to figure out a way to see that this is this is about compensation. Of course, it's about working conditions, of course, but it is about the, you know, we're fighting for our profession here and we're fighting for our craft here. And, um, you know, they will be the beneficiaries of writers being in good shape, both financially and both creatively. And, they're failing to see that at this moment. There's also just a history in in our business of, uh, especially when it comes to the guild, is is uh, it's and it's similar in in many industries that that the companies do not want to give labor uh, a break uh, <laughs> because there's a fear that that you open the door and and you're going to have to give everybody a break and and. Uh, you know, management. These companies are are so uh, good at uh, looking at their bottom line and protecting it uh, that they're not going to make it easy for a union to get what not just what they want, but what they need. Can we talk a little bit about the nitty gritty about what we're trying to get, what we want, and what we need? You'd mentioned earlier there's a 25% drop in writers' pay and writers not even being able to support their families. I mean, a place I think many of us are familiar with. Um, and I'm so curious what this has to do with residuals and the streaming impact on this. So I I was not in the last strike. And I kind of understand how TV works, right? Advertisers buy ad spots back in the old days, right? And then there's a calculation that is transparent, I would imagine. And then writers get a chunk of that as residuals. So what's happening now that's changed that? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, well, what's interesting is we're, we seem to be heading back to an adver advertiser model, but in the interim, we, we're, we're in the streaming model where um, uh Production companies either sell to a streaming service or or sell to their own streaming service and produce their shows for those streaming services, and then those the profits are um, would presumably be from subscribers. Although I gather that hasn't quite worked for the companies yet, and so a lot of these companies are returning to advertiser based an advertiser based model in streaming. Um, having said that, because uh, of the of vertical integration because all these companies, all the, you know, Disney's, Disney streaming company, uh, 
really just buys stuff from the Disney company. And so there's a lot more of a kind of a siloing of, of information about how profitable the show is uh, that the company keeps secret. And there's a little bit of a black box there as, as however uh, they move to an advertising based model, that information is going to have to come out because advertisers won't pay for ads if they don't know how popular a show is. Um, but I think that for us, the more important issue uh, is a general one of compensations. It's not just residuals. It's not just the value of residuals or transparency. It's also about what a writer is paid, uh, what what their compensation is. Now, the Guild tends to just cover minimums, but we that is the minimum base of what a writer is, is paid. However, now in television, uh, 50% of our members make the minimum. So what it, what used to be a, a floor is now a ceiling. And so what we're saying is we need to guarantee uh, writers uh, work at least if we, we're, we're looking for an outsized increase in those minimums, we're looking for um, uh, a guaranteed length of time, and we're looking for a guarantee of certain numbers of writers being hired on a staff because the other thing that's happening is that writers who create shows are often finding they have to do the work by themselves or with very little help. And that uh, that didn't used to be the case in a different in the different model because it sort of required uh, that shows were written and produced at the same time and now the writing and producing are separate. And writers who sell their own shows don't necessarily have the leverage to say, I'm not going to do this show unless you give me some help. And so we're, we're looking to make uh, what is something that is a norm, the writer's room, which in television actually, which actually isn't in our MBA, we're saying it needs to be. We need to protect this profession because that's where all the training happens and that's where people are able to maintain their careers. So that's a, those are some of, some of the things. And then there are, uh, on the feature side, um, in terms of streaming, we, we were looking for um, uh, the, whether whether a company produces a movie for streaming or for, for theatrical release shouldn't determine what that writer is paid and what that writer gets in terms of, of residual. And so we're looking to make uh, that even as well. It's a very important proposal. A lot of we have a lot of very important proposals. Uh, uh, Michelle, did, was there anything else that you felt like we'd want to talk? Yeah, about? Yeah, I, I think you're covering it. I mean, I think the uh, the premise that a movie is a movie is a movie is one that the Guild has been putting forward to the AMPTP for a while now. It, you know, when any of us sit down to write a movie, it doesn't matter where it's going to be uh, exhibited, right? It's the same work, and so we shouldn't be paid a, a, a discount fee for for working uh, for making uh, streaming video on demand SBOD movies. Um, you know, and then there's there's working condition uh, related proposals that are also very important to us, like, you know, guaranteed second steps for features writers and the option of being paid weekly for features writers where you improve that uh, cash flow for screenwriters so that they're not waiting around for a delivery check that may take months and months to come because of free work demands and late pay issues. So, it, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't cost the company's assent, but it really means a lot to screenwriters and would make a, a big difference in their financial lives. So we're, we're taking, as we said, a very broad approach to a number of issues around compensation, working conditions, also in comedy variety. We are looking to add basic protections, minimums and health and pension to um, 
comedy variety shows made for streaming, which currently have no protections at all. So, you know, again, it's a very broad agenda and we wouldn't want to put emphasis on any one part of it. It's all very important to writers. And what about um, AI? Let's dive into that pool. Sure. Um, Nobody's no. brought that up. What? The first <laughs> my daughter, so my daughter what has been out on the line with me a couple times. She's <laughs> 11 years old. She made her own sign. And I told her about the strike and what was at stake. So she went off and made a sign and it said, dump AI, pay my mama. <laughs> and I was like, she gets it. Yeah, she right. got it. She got right? it. So. I mean, the issue with AI is, is an interesting one. It It's, um, you know, w- what we're worried about in the short term is, uh, is that studios might use AI to to generate a document, a story document, or even a, a first draft of a script. This this first draft of something may be terrible. Will probably be terrible given the given how good the technology is at this point. It's not quite there yet to generate something that that is producible, um, at least as far as I know. But but the worry is that if if the studios uh, do this that becomes the first product. And then suddenly we, the studio exec says to Michelle, Michelle, rewrite this movie. But now Michelle is not being paid to write a movie. She's being paid to rewrite a movie, which is less. And it's harder to get credit on. So it's harder to get uh, residuals on and all those things. And, and so what our AI proposal is, is the first writer on a, a, a hired needs to be a human being. Uh, it sounds like the worst episode of Black Mirror, but it's oh my God, it sounds so funny. I'm that. laughing because it's so ridiculous. It feels ridiculous, right? Like a, obviously, right? A obviously, first writer but, should be a human being. Like to have to spell it out that way is right. Bonkers. It's very, it's very upsetting. And and it, what was more upsetting was the companies across the table response from us, which was, no, we don't want to limit our company's abilities to take advantage of this technology, and that. Obviously, I mean, that they couldn't have said it any clearer. And the issue with AI is I know that some people feel that that's the most important issue. It's it's an important issue. But but if we if we got the AI thing and we got nothing else in this thing, we w- we'd still be in, a, in terrible shape. We need to get it all. And that's also the AI ends up being an issue just like the rest about compensation. And right. that's that's why it's an important issue. And And I don't think any of us are kidding ourselves. Just because it's not there yet doesn't mean it won't get there. That AI, as as the technology improves and as the companies, as they are, they told us plans to take advantage of it. Uh, it may be writing TV shows and movies if we don't draw this line right here and now. Okay, so I have a question that maybe you can't answer. But so I've goofed around in Chat GPT. I think we all have. Like it came right. out. It was a curiosity. Yep. Is it sort of the paradigm that if I type things into it, it learns? And then it takes that and uses it in its calculations. Like, should I just stop using it? Well, I mean, I think it's your choice. I the the, the AI programs uh, they they work in a different way in that it's not just learning from what you're writing in it. Uh, it is it's doing something which is um, called scraping. It, it scrapes from the internet um, uh, scripts and other writing and throws it all into its pot and then and creates from that and that so it's not just from you it 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 does it on its own it takes it from all over the place which creates some copyright concerns because it is essentially stealing and you know a lot of artists that 
have criticized AI for the same reason. It's taking actual art that belongs to other people to create its AI art. So that 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 scraping piece of it, but for instance, you could see, I think you'd very easily see a scenario where let's say there's a studio with um uh that with a long-running television series. I don't want to name one because I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking about anything specific because I'm not, but there are long-running television series that have been on for a very long time. Um, I've worked on 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 one of them. And let's say the AI the student decides, you know what? Let's fire all the writers. Let's just take all these, all the old scripts, put them into the AI, and then have them start generating new ones. That's very possible. And so that that uh, and that that is short term. That that could happen sooner than we think if we don't draw a line around that. Okay, well, I'm not doing that. So I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's well, okay. the other thing about AI, and then we'll move on, is that it it it's pulling from what it knows, which is biased, which is right. often misogynistic. Right. It's really cliches of people of color, like it's right. it's not great. No. Um, you know, one thing when I went to the Shrine Auditorium for the big, uh, what are we calling it? What was it? It was a it was a gathering meeting. meeting of, oh, yeah, it was of, a meeting. It was too, like how many thousands of writers there? Um, I was very moved by the other unions showing up to support us there, mm -hmm. especially Those the Teamster lady, which I know we yeah. all have a crush on her. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just want to call that out and have you guys talk a little bit about the support of other unions. I've been walking and when I walk, I walked the other day with the um, choreography union. Um, mm. Didn't realize that was happening, but it was super fun. Uh, you know, there's all different kinds of unions coming out to walk as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unprecedented, this this level of, of inter-union support. I mean, and you're right, guys, it's it's out on the lines every day. You're seeing people, um, you know, walking with us and, and asking us questions and wanting to understand what our struggle's about. And as we've said just earlier, you know, everyone's relating to this struggle. Everyone who's working in the creative arts or, or, or no matter what they're doing with their teachers or whatever. I mean, we're all relating to this middle-class struggle that, that this this country, this world is going through right now. This this moment is sort of standing in for the, the, the larger labor struggle, you know, writ large that's happening all over America. So uh, it's really resonating and, um, I, I can say that we were all moved and, and buoyed by the the level of understanding and solidarity from the other unions. We don't take that for granted, you know, not not for one second. No, definitely not. And I think the last year, uh, IATSE and its negotiation uh, took a harder lo line than, than they'd had in a long time, I think, because their membership uh, rose up and, and wanted things addressed and their leadership listened and 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 writers guild members stood up with them uh during that and i think i think we're seeing a benefit from that as mm. well and i think um uh members of sag the screen actors guild i mean they've faced uh enormous uh trials and trying to earn a living as an actor all the things i talk about with uh writers trying to make trying to earn a living or having trouble making a living is times 10 if you're an actor and uh and so the that that union is showing an enormous amount of support for us and and historically just speaking honestly the writers guild and the dga have have not been uh 
walked hand in hand and the fact that that there was uh, uh, a leader from DGA there uh, showed that we're moving past that, that that these unions recognize that we we share common goals and common struggles. And that was that was enormously meaningful. And then, of course, as you mentioned, uh, the Teamsters, which are are showing us incredible support, Teamster drivers uh, uh, respecting our picket line and turning away and and risking their own uh, livelihood. Uh, because they recognize that the Writers Guild is the is the tip of the spear. The things we're fighting for uh, matter not just to us, but to everyone in the community. Yes, and I'm really inspired by how there's all these grassroots events popping up, like they're organizing a Newsies Day at Disney, and like the Kids and Family Day, and you know. Right. We're doing a screenwriting life meetup on here. I'll plug it right at Disney on the 26th. Is that right? Friday from one to four. Right. But what was really important is that I checked in with my captain first about that. Like the, the, the gate captains are doing this amazing job. And it, I asked him about it and he was like, yes, let me know. So I can make sure they're that we're prepared and everything. So if you are doing that, I just want to say, I think it's great. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. But also, if you're going to check in with the gate captain so that they can plan or bring your own water and snacks. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yes, please, please check in with your picket coordinator if you're going to bring a large group out and and, and do a, a theme event or a meetup. Look, we we're we're loving we're loving all the sort of solidarity and togetherness and and creativeness we're seeing out on the picket lines. I mean. Look, some people have said, oh, it looks like you're having a party out there. This is no fucking party. Excuse my French. This is very serious business. And um, writers are making the very best of this difficult situation. We would rather be working. We would rather be working in the profession we love, at the craft we love. This is not happening um, because we chose it. Uh, this, is, this is a strike we were forced to undertake because of the company's current intransigence. And so what you're seeing out on the picket line is I think all of us trying to survive, um, stay together, stay tight, and make the best of a very challenging situation. So I really commend all of our members for their energy and creativity in finding ways to make this this bearable. And um, I think it's gonna it's gonna bode well for our long-term solidarity that we're sort of finding ways to to, to stay together and uh, get through it. Yeah, I think that I think that I, everything Michelle said, I, I absolutely agree with, you know, and really what happens on a pick a line is, you know, despite the struggle we're all in, despite the weight of uh, this fight, um, you know, the writers do find connection with each other. They find ways to uh, connect and it and, it you know, it's camaraderie. It's 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 a uh, it's a uh, it buoys it buoys spirits uh, and uh that just happens naturally because of who writers are, and uh, that that isn't that that you could be in the middle of this fight. You could be fighting for your uh, uh, your future, and have which right now is uncertain. You know, it's uncertain uh, uh, what what exactly is going to happen. But you find those connections with people, and and you forget about it for those few hours that you're on the picket line. And everyone that I've connected with and talked to is like the same message we will be out here as long as it takes mm -hmm. like no one's complaining i mean yeah it's hot and everyone gets thirsty <laughs> and you know everyone's feet hurt and you know right. some of us are a little older and have to take more breaks but like <laughs> everyone is committed for yeah. real we'll be out here as long as it takes 
So yeah, I mean, I think I think it's really inspiring that that so many members are taking that position. I think it's also really important to to understand that you know you can you can be out there exhibiting a ton of resolve, and you can still be fearful, and you can still fear the uncertainty. We're certainly none of us, especially those of us in leadership, not not blind to the difficulty that some members will experience during this strike. That is is you know, Chris Kaiser said it in, in every single meeting, strikes are brutal and they are hard and they will hit every single member of this guild dif- uh, differently, uh, depending on where they are. They We all have our own personal economies, our own personal career paths. We're on our own personal lives, of course. And so um, please know that whilst we we um, love to see all the resolve and all the, the strength out on the picket lines, we don't for one second, not also understand at the same time that this is very difficult and there will inevitably be fear. But more than the fear, I think what we're seeing right now is strength, like incredible strength, incredible resolve. And I have so much respect for that, especially when you're you're able to sort of channel your fears into sort of this positivity and this determination that we're seeing across the membership. Thank you for saying that. It's really nice to be acknowledged. Um, what I am also experiencing is people sharing like, you know, I lose my health insurance at the end of September. Not awesome. I guess I'll have to deal with that, right? And people are like, oh, well, I'm dealing with this. So we're all sort of connecting on that level as well. People are telling the truth about how hard this is, but also we'll be out here as long as it takes. So it's it's yep. all those things. And I just, for me, it's really powerful because I know I'm not the only one who's losing my health insurance. You know, I, I, I don't think I'm special in that way. I think it's going to impact a lot of writers and we're all just trying to figure this out. So it is the reality. It's the, yay, we're having a meetup and everybody's eating chips. And then at the same time, like, this is fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, on that specific, that specific thing you brought up about losing health insurance there, there the, the guild does uh, offer resources for people who are facing those, those kinds of difficulties for the strike. And I encourage any member uh, to reach out. And then if you, if you're not a member and the strike is also affecting you, um, there are also resources for no interest loans and grants and things that, that, that are out there as well. And Michelle, maybe you want to mention those. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guild has its own robust strike fund that we use for our members, but then the entertainment community fund that used to be known as the actress fund is available to anyone working in our industry that's experiencing difficulty. And they have expert counselors there that are able to help you if you're, for example, in search of, of a health plan, uh, they can discuss with you what the best one is. And again, there, there are loans and grants available to help you cover the costs of, of healthcare but for during any time that you may be falling off the rolls due to the, uh, the labor action. So no one um, should hesitate to reach out, writers and anyone working in industry. That's very much front of mind every day for us is, is making sure that we take care of everybody as much as we possibly can during this, this struggle. That's great. And what's the best place for people to go get information about the strike rules or events? Where, where, where just can well, if you're a, if you're a member uh, through the Writers Guild website wj.org, also if you're also a member, you should have a captain. And if you don't, reach out to the guild, and you'll get assigned one. That's always a good source of information. But the, the guild website is pretty pretty uh, complete. Uh, it's 
Pretty well yeah, we have a we have a dedicated contract site for this wjcontract2023.org. That's where you can get um, all the up to date information right. on picket locations and all the nitty gritty stuff you need. Uh, but if there's anything you can't find there, you can go to just wga.org, our main website, and you'll find supplemental information there and uh, ways to reach out to guild staff who will come back to you with answers to your questions as soon as they possibly can. So we're very accessible. There's lots of information readily available on those those two sites. That's great. And then just to wrap out, we had a few questions from our listeners that we wanted to oh. go over. Um, one was uh, pre-WGA writers are, if they're getting approached by producers to write for them, um, what should they do? Uh, they're asking what the WGA's position on that is, I'm going to guess so I know what it is, but let's ask the question, what is your position if someone is not in the WGA and they're being approached? I know people actually in different countries who are being approached. Um, I know comic book writers who are being approached. What what What's your advice to these people? Well, any, any writer who is doing work for the companies that were striking uh, is, is scamming. Uh, so that would apply to a member of the guild or a non-member of the guild. So even if it's a producer who is, uh, uh, you know, maybe he's maybe he, she, or they are not a Warner Brothers or production company, but but their goal is to sell to a production company. Any of that kind of writing for movies or television, we would be we the guild would consider that scamming. Um, and obviously, if it if it led to paid work during the strike or even soon after, if it was discovered that that was done during the strike, we uh, uh, that that could keep a non-member out of the guild if that was discovered. Now, we we don't jump to conclusions. That's not something we're we're out there um, looking for. But it it is serious if it occurs, and and we do take those things very seriously. A very clean way of, of putting it that I think is helping writers, both guild members and non-guild members, understand our goals here is that we are trying to shut uh, shut down the pipeline. We're trying to make sure the pipeline to the studios is dry. There's no development in that pipeline. There's nothing coming down that pipeline right now. And so I think if you, you know, my, my, my little mantra for people is if in doubt, don't. Um, you know, definitely if in doubt, don't ask questions. We like like David said, we don't want anyone to be in trouble. We we really that's the last thing we want. But um, anyone that that is in violation of of the strike rules, then that becomes very difficult for them and for the guild. Right. So and, you know, and there there may be some who would see it. Oh, I'm I'm not in the guild. This is an opportunity for me to work. And what we're going to say is, no, it's not. <laughs> this is not. This is not an opportunity for you to break in we will be paying attention <laughs> and, <laughs> and that that is you know so if you decide to do that uh that is that we will we will look down upon it and we will we will take action yeah i mean I we want you sorry we want you to join the guild one day we would love that but unfortunately if if you're found doing this illicit work we typically don't allow a person who's done that to become one of our members in the future so that's worth knowing so here's a, here's not a listener question. This is a me question. I came up with an idea for a feature. I want to write it. 
do I spend time during this time and write it knowing, you know, my plan is to sell it. So do I just not like, how does one navigate that without well, scabbing? Well, I mean, what you do in your own home is your business. Uh, I think that what you what, if writers are finding themselves with time and they end up writing during this, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, we would prefer that the town thinks that we all have our pencils down and that we're not, none of us are writing. On the other hand, as I said, there really isn't, that's not something we, we could or would enforce what you do, how you spend your time uh, is how you spend your time. It's only when it leaves your house that it becomes our concern. Dear town, I am not writing. You cannot have the next Marianne <laughs> McKenna feature masterpiece. <laughs> there you go. I'll work on some essays instead. How about that? I'll do I, some, I, some I, personal I, uh, journaling. How about that? Lauren, yeah. I'm not, you You. You do what you want. <laughs> um, don't tell me what not to do and don't tell me what to do. I mean, come on. Um, I'm drunk with power. Uh, another question we got that I think is relevant, especially for our emerging writers uh, listening, is what about contests? Um, th you know, there's some contests we love, Cinestory, and my friend has one called Finish Line, which is really just about teaching rewriting. Um, sometimes these, uh, obviously, if they're a guild-sponsored uh, contest by a, a WGA signatory, that's a clear no-go if it's a, the Warner Brothers or somebody who's... But some of these contests are not. Some of them are individuals or their um or their you know nonprofits um just wanted to get can can writers still be entering these contests especially if they're non-WGA I mean again I think for non-members um as long as it's not for a signatory company yes um, well it doesn't have sorry to interrupt you no Jamie, go ahead you get, I, know, I, but... I don't want to get it wrong go ahead no, 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 no. I think this is, this, this is, there is a little bit of gray area here and you just hit on it, Meg. It's like, it, it, you know, so many of the really good competitions then have as their prize. And if you win, we get you meetings with these producers and these companies and, and these agencies and that's great, you know, but obviously during this time, we, we don't want any of that. Again, that pipeline stuff happening where you win the competition and you get put into the pipeline in some way by, your project and you get put into the pipeline in some way. So I think that's an important distinction. Um, if it's something without any connection to a signatory or any of that kind of those prizes or carrots at the end of it, I think that's going to be fine, but it's. So or those it's carrots really are, be... or those carrots are kept till after the strike. Like the, none of those prizes right. are given until after the strike. Right. Yeah. There could be a sort of postponement of those rewards or prizes until after this, this action was concluded. But Again, if in doubt, read the FAQ, the strike rules, or call or email the guild, and they'll give you a definitive answer. I wouldn't want to say a blanket yes or no, but I think right. we, we've, we've given you some good broad parameters to work with. So can we talk a little bit about uh, walking the line? Uh, we know you don't have to be a guild member to walk the line. You don't have to be in any union. You can be anybody who wants to come support. And I love that. Lots of people who are not associated with the entertainment industry, I'm sure out there. Um, what if you don't live in LA or in New York? Like someone just asked, is there something happening in Portland? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like how would someone find access to support walk a line? Or somewhere? if, or if it's not walking, are there other ways to support the mm -hmm. guild because they're not in LA or New York, they can't walk the, the line. Is there other ways to support the guild in this time? 
again, there are there are pickets and actions popping up in lots of different places right now in Chicago, in Boston, in in Hawaii. You know, there there are actions taking place wherever there are writers willing to participate in those actions or where, wherever there are productions that we would like to to pick it, uh, you know, or potentially shut down. Uh, so that's happening. So I think if you're in, in a major area where, you know, production happens and shooting happens, there'll be something you can get involved with. Um, generally, I mean, look, you've probably been seeing there is enormous activity on social media, which is one of the things I think that distinguishes this from any other prior strike that we've we've had. Um, so if you're not able to walk a line or get involved directly physically in, in some local activity, you know, you can you can contribute by sort of retweeting and supporting, you know, us all over social media. That's really, really important to get our message out. So amplifying our message on social media is super, super important. Just sharing articles you see, um, pro WGA stuff you see with your friends and family. You can support the Entertainment Community Fund by buying t-shirts and strike merch or making donations to that fund if you want to try and support those in the industry affected by this this work stoppage so i mean those are just some of the simple things that you can do if you have how would $10 people find that pocket. fund do you have any idea what the website yeah, is you or? just yeah you just go to entertainment community fund i believe.org and it'll pop right up super easy to donate if you're donating please choose the film television drop down in the menu and that that money will then be earmarked as being in support of this strike. Fantastic. And then obviously, if you're a fan of a of a show or a movie, uh, we we encourage fans to recognize that writers uh, create the things that they're a fan of, and and joining those fan support. There, those are starting to pop up. Fans supporting on social media, fans supporting the writers guild strike because there's a real understanding among serious fans of of any of all the. TV shows and movies out there that it's writers who create what they love. And so that, yeah, love jo that. join those as well. I love that. I'm going to go do that for All my right. favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs> um. So are there any final things you want to talk about? Like something we haven't asked you or something that's really important to you as part of the negotiating committee and as writers in this industry? Mm. I mean, I'd say just uh, for the moment that we're in, stay in touch with your guild. Um, we're all very easily accessible. Everybody in leadership, everybody on staff. Um, again, use your captain um, to to talk to us. We we're here to answer your questions. We're here to support you. We're here to hold your hand through your fears, and you can hold mine through my fears. I mean, we're all in this together. And the the only way an action like this succeeds is if we all. Um, you know, we all stand very, stay very close together and support one another. Ask us any question, bring us any concern, however large or small, and, and it will be considered and, and, and thoughtfully and addressed as best we possibly can. So that that kind of that open door policy and that sort of linking arms policy is the secret to solidarity and solidarity is the secret to the success of a strike. David, before you go, I have one more question to ask. Oh, sure. Uh, which is in terms of writers in the guild doing press or for your consideration mm. things, because it's a personal, you know, it's a self involved. I don't know how to say that. I'm a writer. I'm good with the words. Uh, we have guests on the show who want to talk about some of their uh, TV shows that they're working on or their movies. Sure. And we don't want to put them or us in a position yeah. where that's breaking a rule. 
No, it's fair enough. I mean, I think to for the the thing that we're asking uh, writers uh, is to not do uh, press uh, promoting a show that's through through the company's uh, uh, press office or or events for your consideration events. But a writer talking about their work, uh, that's fine. Uh, it's it's more about making sure that we're showing we're not partners with these companies that we're on strike that that are struck so. okay that's great all right now david any final thoughts from you my partner on this podcast michelle Mulroney, is a is the true hero of the guild she the work that she puts in uh for writers uh along with all the other members of the leadership on both west and east uh is truly remarkable we're very lucky to have people like her and and all the rest who are and and our incredible staff through this uh, really uh, difficult uh, struggle, uh, but it it makes me uh, confident in our success. Yes, agreed. And thank you guys, both thank of you, you both. so much. And to everybody working this strike, uh, you guys are giving so much of yourselves and your time and your life energy. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us and for everyone listening. Stay strong and thank you for all your support. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much to Michelle and David for taking time out of their very busy schedule to join us today and for their fierce advocacy of writers. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming starting next week. See you on the line and join us on Friday the 26th for the TSL meetup at Disney from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. And remember, you are not alone and keep writing, but not for any signatories.